love you too. Amen. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Why don't I just lift our hands and just worship Jesus? Just praise Him for a moment. Hallelujah. We praise you. God, we thank you. We lift you up. Come on, just take a moment and communicate with the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Oh, we praise you. We praise you tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Aaron and Bishop Stoner, for this opportunity tonight to bring the word of the Lord and to do the work of God. Uh, I appreciate it very much. I approach this with fear and trepidation and seriousness. Amen. It's an honor to stand here, and thank you, Bishop and Pastor, for this opportunity. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I'm inviting you to turn to the book of Hebrews chapter number 10 and we'll start reading at verse number 34 we'll read a verse and then we'll ask for pastor aaron to pray and i'll have you be seated and we'll cover uh, a few more verses amen so the book of hebrews chapter number 10 verse number 34 the bible says for you had compassion of me in my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and an unenduring substance. Knowing that in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Pastor, will you pray? Amen, amen. Thank you, Pastor. Before you're seated, why don't you shake a few hands and have a little fellowship. Can you do that? Shake a few hands, hug a few necks. You're not shaking hands, that's okay. Slap some fives. having a good time tonight praise God amen the writer here in the book of Hebrews spoke of the compassion that they had for him while he was locked up while he was incarcerated amen 
You know, jail is a place I never want to go. Amen. I used to preach in jail, and I had a captive audience. They, they couldn't leave. They couldn't walk out like you. Amen. But the writer said, for you had compassion of me while I was locked up, while I was incarcerated, while I was being uh, fed a, a steady diet of bread and water. I hear it when you go to jail, that's, that's all they give you. Is that right, Brother Kenny? Well, compassion is a powerful thing. The book of Matthew, chapter 9, around verse 34 or 35, gives us a little synopsis. It said that Jesus Christ ministered in the region of Judea. The Bible says he went into the synagogues, he went into villages, and he went into cities. And the Bible says that he healed all manner. Now think of this. The Bible says he healed all manner of sickness, and disease. And there were multitudes of people, you can bet, because when you start healing people, you, still, you start healing blinded eyes and unstopping deaf ears, you start curing leprosy. Don't you know, folks, that people are going to come for hundreds of miles? And so, so Jesus says, in this scripture, the writer rather says, in the book of Matthew chapter 9, the Bible says, Jesus said, when, when he saw the multitude of people, you know, the story here is not the miracles. For the Bible says that when Jesus saw the multitude of people, it says that those people reminded him of sheep. The Bible says that they were like sheep fainting without a shepherd. Amen. And the Bible says that they were, they were cast abroad like sheep who had no shepherd. I want to preach to someone today and tell you that what's going on in the world and what's going on in America really comes down to the fact that people have no shepherd. I'm happy to report to you, according to the word of the Lord, that Jesus Christ is not just a shepherd, but he is the great shepherd. Amen. He's the, he's the great shepherd. And I can remember on a Sunday a few years ago, Pastor Aaron, you may not remember this message, but you preached a message about the shepherd, and I'll never forget. He talked about the shepherd and his staff. Amen. And how that shepherd, if need be, he'd lay down his life for those sheep. And he talked about that shepherd taking that staff. Amen. It's about nine feet long with a hook on the end of it. Amen. And, and when that wolf comes and gets too close to the flock, Pastor Aaron said, that shepherd will take that staff and go upside of that wolf's head. Amen. Because Jesus is a compassionate shepherd. But don't mess with the sheep. Come on. You and I tonight are the sheep of his pasture. He, Pastor Aaron talked about love. God loves us because he is the great shepherd and he is a compassionate Christ. He's moved by 
compassion. Amen. So the writer here talks about that compassion. When this was written, we feel that this was alluding to a time in the church when there was great persecution going on. And the writer here was no doubt incarcerated. Uh, but the people gave, the people sent gifts. And not only that, but many people in the church who were not incarcerated lost a lot of stuff by the persecutors. They came in and, and took homes and, and houses and furniture. But even in the midst of that, those people were given to the man that was in jail, possibly the Apostle Paul. But he said, knowing in, in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Amen. Heaven is a real place. And one day we're going there. And as I talked about in Sunday school class on Sunday, there, there's a crown with your name on it, J.J. Sister Stoner, there's a crown in heaven right now with your name on it. Amen. The book of Hebrews speaks to us about a better thing, about a better covenant about a better way it talks to us about about jesus christ who was greater than all the prophets of the old testament as great as the the prophets of the old testament were jesus christ is greater amen so the book of hebrews talks to us about a greater covenant but then in verse 35 and this is really where i wanted to get to tonight and and it seems like the lord you know i just wanted to come and have a little chit chat with you is that okay? I mean, I thought about just sitting right down here and just talking. I probably won't do that. Maybe I will. I don't know. I haven't made up my mind. But it seems like that it, God put something in my spirit to tell me, like, in, in the body of Christ worldwide, there's a message going out to the church and to all of you individually. I wish I could come down and preach to every, every one of you individually. I wish I could come and preach to you for about 45 minutes. Then I'd preach to your wife. Then I'd preach to Sister Ange. I wouldn't preach at you. I'd preach to you. Then I'd hit Michaela and JJ and all you guys. I wish I could just do that. Because there's something in my spirit that God wants to convey to us. And it's really deep. Are you ready for it? It's so deep. And here's what it is. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'll give it to you. You know what God wants? God wants you to stop worrying. Isn't that deep? I said, God wants you to quit worrying about what's happening in your, in your life. Now, Sister Kathy, I'm not here to try to tell you how you should feel or anybody else. And I'm certainly not here to try to smooth everything over and tell you that everything's all right. Because everything is not all right. But I do want to tell you that everything is going to be okay. Better than okay. I want to tell you things are going to be fabulous. I got a few amens. Now, let me, maybe I will sit down. Now, with what's happened in the last two months, here's what, when I look at some apostolics, I'm a creeper on Facebook. I just creep around and look at you. I, I, I look at you, and I, I find stuff out to use against you later. 
Kinda. Maybe. Not that I might, but I, I might if I have to. But when I look at some people online, it's like this, okay? It's like God went into retirement. Now, now Pastor Aaron, you didn't retire. You switched jobs. He got promoted. What's that? He's not in retirement. But, but when, when you talk to some Christians and some apostolics, it's like, yeah, you know, God went into retirement. He resigned. Doesn't that sound crazy? I mean, that's stupid. But it's like, you know, we might as well give up. Because Orange Man's gone. You know, God, he couldn't take it anymore, so he, he resigned. He went into retirement. We had a going-away party for him. And I was golfing the other day, and guess who I saw? God was out playing golf. Because he just couldn't take it. You know, and, and last Thursday, God slept in. First time ever. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy talk. But it's no more crazy than some of our thinking. When the enemy has stepped in and robbed us of our confidence. Cast not away thy confidence. No, no, he already told them they had compassion, he already told them about their giving. I've never been a part of a more compassionate church than More Life Tabernacle. Compassionate on many levels. From benevolence to all the small stuff, to all the big stuff. Listen, it's possible. It's possible to be godly. It's possible to be holy. It's possible to be faithful. But it's also possible to lose your confidence in God. Now, where does that start? Where do we lose our confidence in God? I'm convinced that it begins when we lose confidence in ourselves. For the Bible says that you and I are the workmanship of God's hands. So when you doubt yourself, let him go. Let him talk, Brandon. Brandon, when you doubt yourself, you're doubting God. Praise God. And the church is struggling with it big time. And I think, I think, I think churches in Chile, Argentina, Spain, Key West, Flint, California are in shock. I went to see my dad the other day. I walked in, you know my daddy's bubbling, bubbling Bob. I said, Dad, how you doing? He said, great. He said, no, I'm lying. I'm depressed. So I preached to him for 45 minutes. Maybe 20. I don't know. But I do know this. When I, when I left, we were shouting the victory. Amen. Because I tell you what, we need more than anything. We need the Word of God in our lives.
I want to tell you more life tabernacle. I, you're, you're, you're all, we all got problems. You're, you're all walking through a valley in your family, in your home, on the job, domestically, financially, spiritually, mentally. And I'm not wanting us to feel sorry for ourselves, but I do want to be real. We've got to get back to the point where we just, we just believe God. We know that his word is true. We know that God cannot fail. Come on. Come on. Rejoice not against me on my enemies. For when I fall, I shall. Not maybe. Not if. Not if I'm in the right mood. I shall. I shall. I shall arise. And though I sit in darkness. Ever been in a dark place? Let me tell you about dark places. Things grow in dark places. Look in your basement in the corners. Pull up the carpet. Prepare to be shocked. But when I when I when I sit, when I when I sit in darkness, God, Amen. God shall give me light. God shall give me revelation. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Cast not away your confidence. Amen. Verse number 36. He says, for you have need of patience. We need patience. Who was the greatest doctor in the Bible? Who was that? Well, it was Job. He had the most patience. Well, that was, that was a good one. Come on, you, you, you're going to need patience, okay? You're going to need to use some patience and a good old dose of it. After he have done the will of God. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God. What is the will of God? Well, let me expand it like this, if I could. If, okay, if I could put a giant mirror right here by this piano. This is a giant mirror. This is God's will. Another giant mirror over here. This is God's word. Amen. So God's word will always reflect God's will. And God's will will always reflect God's word. Come on. And it's a scary place. Because when you step into that, you're not in control. And it's scary. Because you've got to give up something. I like, I like to be in control. I've already told you. There's three people I don't like. I don't like dentists, accountants, and airline pilots. I love you, sister. You're an accountant. You're a good one, okay? I trust you. But accountants take away my power, tell me how to spend my money. Airline pilots take me up in the air and risk my life. And dentists want to get into my mouth when I don't want them to. Come on. But when you step into the will of God, you're going to be stepping into a place of vulnerability. But it is a place of apostolic perfection. 
Come on, somebody. God is challenging us to step into his perfect will. The will of God will never take you where the grace of God cannot keep you. Remember in the Old Testament? When they were about to cross the Jordan River again. And God told Moses, you know, you guys are going to get your feet wet. You know, I'm not just going to part it for you. You know, sometimes we want God to just come down and do it for us. I just want my boss, hey, can you just come do it for me? Pastor boss, just come do it for me. Show me how to do it. That's what we want God to do for us sometimes. But Joshua was different. He said, you're going to get your feet wet today, boys. Come on, God wants us to get our feet wet. I had wet feet today. Ugh. How many like having wet feet? One time my mom dared me to run around the house in the wintertime with no shoes and socks, and I did it. That's the kind of mom I had. It's no wonder you wonder about me. But this time, this time was different. And, and this time in history, this time in the church is different. God is wanting us to step out, to step in. Come on. To step into God's, not just God's per, permissive will, it, you know, but to step into God's perfect will. You're not here by accident, but you're here by divine design. You're here on purpose. In his perfect will. At his perfect time. John the Revelator said, I was in the Lord's. He said, I was, I was in the right place. He said, I was in the, in the, I was in the Lord's day. What did he say he was at? He said, I was in the spirit. He said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And then he said, and behind me I heard a great voice. And the book of Revelation was unfurled before his very eyes because John was where God wanted him to be. In More Life Tabernacle, I know it's tough. I know that there may be struggles. I know that there are things that are happening in your life, but I want to tell you that God's got it. God's got this. God's got this. But God don't just got this, but God's got that. And God's got that. And God's got you. And God's got you. And God's got her. God don't just got this, but he's got that. And that, and that, and that, and that, and that. God's got everything. Oh, let's praise him right now, shall we? Oh, yes. Yes. I want to tell you everything's going to be all right. If you'll hold on to God's unshaking hand. There was a song we used to sing. It said, I've got confidence. God is going to see me through. No matter what the case may be, I know he's going to fix it for me. Come on, don't let the devil have your faith. As the musicians come right now in the name of Jesus, as the musicians come, amen, amen. And we're going to come to this altar in a few moments. And when you kneel, I want to tell you something. When you kneel in this altar, you're going to be kneeling at the feet of Jesus. 
you're going to be kneeling at the feet of Jesus. He's here. You're going to be kneeling at the feet of Jesus. Have confidence in him. Let your confidence be renewed, church. Let your confidence be renewed. I tell you, them kids back there, one of them is my grandbaby. Aren't those cute? Aren't those kids wonderful? Aren't you glad to be in a church full of children? Amen. You know why? Because there's life and more life. And not only that, God's given us spiritual babies. And He's given us natural babies. Amen. Amen. <laughs> When's Waller going to get uh, the picture back there? Amen. Amen. I, I love my church. I love my God. I love having the Holy Ghost. I love having the Holy Ghost. I love people that got the Holy Ghost as we stand right now in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Whatever, whatever you're facing today, I, I say bring it and lay it on this altar. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. I don't, it doesn't matter what it is, how big or how small. When you come to this altar, I want you to lay it down here and say, Lord, I've been carrying it long enough. I've been faithless long enough. I've been doubting long enough. I've, I've been unbelieving long enough. God, I've been struggling long enough. Amen. The struggle is real. It is real. But when we come tonight, when we pray, I want you to lay it on the altar. I want you to give it to Jesus. Amen. Will you come right now? Will you come? Will you come in faith? Will you come with expectation? Come on, God's going to do it. God's got this and God's got that. And God's got that and God's got this. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Would you ask God to touch you? Would you ask God to help you? Would you ask God to move on that situation? Heal that situation. Move on that situation. Oh, yes. Come on. Bring it to Jesus in faith. Yes. I expect something to happen. I know it's going to happen. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Come on. Bring it to Jesus. He wants to take it from you. Cast not away thy confidence. Oh, my faith is in God. Come on, the Lord is in His temple.